Welcome to the May 2nd episode of HBTV. I'm Harry Binswanger, the HB in HBTV. I'm a philosopher who advocates Ayn Rand's philosophy. Today we're talking about my claim that Ayn Rand would have uh, predicted the difficulties and failures that Russia is having in invading the Ukraine. Ayn Rand grew up in Russia. She was unable to get out of there until she was 21, or 20 turning 21 in 1926. She left never to return. She hated Russia. She called it a cesspool. She thought that she didn't belong there. England and the United States were her ideals. And she made it here before she had become too politically dangerous for the Soviets, because this was under the Soviets, to find out about her and liquidate her. So I found a... Um, a quote from Ayn Rand about Russia and the issue of succeeding or losing. She's writing here in 1968 about the contrast, the 69, I think, the contrast between the Woodstock Festival and the launch of the Apollo mission that landed on the moon, which occurred in startling juxtaposition to each other. And she's here quoting a um, report by a commentator, Eric Severide, who refers to um, America as a people who hate failure. He says, it's un-American. And she says, consider those sentences in the context of the rest of what he said. This was not intended as a compliment, though it should have been. It was intended as sarcasm. Who doesn't hate failure? Should one love it? Is there any nation on earth that doesn't hate it? Surely one would have to say that failure is un-British or un-French or un-Chinese. I can think of only one nation to whom this would not apply. Failure is not un-Russian, in a sense which is deeper than politics. Close quote. I started reading The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky uh, during the period when I was becoming quite friendly with Ayn Rand. And I talked to her about one of the scenes I saw that puzzled me. I read, not saw, that puzzled me. The protagonist's family has something good happen. They get very... Uh, excited and want to celebrate, so they drink, which of course the Russians are famous for, and they smash all the windows in their own house. 
That's their idea of a good time, apparently. And I asked Ayn Rand about that, and she said, yes, that's Russia. Another thing I learned from the Brothers Karamazov was the meaning of the village idiot. You've heard that expression, the village idiot. It referred to people who were mentally retarded, we used to say, before it became politically incorrect to say that. People who are seriously uh, incapacitated in their ability to think and learn. There's a scene in the Brothers Karamazov where a young girl, maybe 12, walks into the house of the main characters during their dinner. And she reaches down and picks food that they're eating off their plate and eats it. Now, what do you think the Russians' attitude was? They felt blessed. Village idiots in Russia were considered holy. It was a gift from God to be mentally retarded. These were simple people who were more in touch with the spiritual world, according to the Russian Orthodox religion. And people were thrilled that one of them would come in and take something from them. The Russian Orthodox Church is worse than communism. The Russian Orthodox religion, and remember religion is a primitive form of philosophy, is more mystical than the Western Catholic and then Protestant sects. In the West, the tradition of religion was influenced by the rediscovery of Aristotle around 1100, 1200 A.D. Aristotle did not influence Russia, and the Russian Orthodox religion is what Catholicism or Christianity, because there was only Catholicism then, uh, was before the Renaissance, let alone the Enlightenment. You know, it's often observed that the Islamic religions did not go through an enlightenment. But the Russian Orthodox Church is worse. It did not even go through a renaissance. And the degree of, of mysticism and superstition there in Russia is much greater than it is in the West. I mean, infinitely greater. I read about Russian, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church blessing bombs and tanks and missiles in preparation for this war. They actually went, there's photographs of them, going to the uh, munitions factory or launching a submarine. Can you imagine a pope launching a submarine? No, but the um, equivalent for the Russian Orthodox Church is, is shown christening in the literal sense, 
one of their subs. They have no clue about the difference between the separation uh, between church and state and the need for the separation. Neither does Islam, but they, you know, the Arabs had Aristotle. They didn't develop him. They didn't generally publicize his writings, but it was from the Arabs in the period 1000 or even 900 and some to 1200, 1300 that Europe got the civilizing input of Aristotle's texts. And they, there was a big battle fought over whether they would accept Aristotelian philosophy because it was at war with Catholicism. But Thomas Aquinas worked out a, a synthesis, a, a compromise. He said, well, reason has its place. God gave us a mind, and reason has its place in this, this world. Matters of fact in this world. But the other world, heaven, God's realm, is not open to reason. It doesn't contradict reason, he claimed. But that's a division of labor. That has its own rules, and, and Plato is right and the church fathers, about the spiritual dimension and the other world and God and all of the theology and religion. So he made a kind of, he, the result of that was to kind of free up reason to operate with the practical concerns of this life. And that's what launched the uh, Renaissance. But no such thinking occurred in the Eastern uh, Orthodox wing of Christianity, and that's what Russia has. <clears throat> I should say mysticism, which is a term of use, means an automatic, non-sensory, non-rational form of knowing. It means revelation. It means the claim to be told by an invisible power, what the truth is. Now, if you hold that philosophy, and the, the communists never succeeded uh, in wiping out religion, much as they tried. <clears throat> Stalin actually, I have read recently, converted in middle to late life became religious and still was dictator. But if you hold that kind of higher voices talking to you view of knowledge, you're going to fail. You're not going to have the advances that a pro-reason, pro-logic, pro-observation philosophy like Aristotle's offers. And you're going to have to stifle your mind when it runs into the obvious contradictions. For instance, <clears throat> in the entire history of religion, with its prophets and people who heard voices 
and the popes who were supposed to be in direct contact with God, at least from time to time, never has any new knowledge of reality been obtained. It's not like Moses came down from Mount Sinai and said, God told me boil water before you drink it. God told me that the side, uh, the square on the side of the hypotenuse of a right triangle is equal to the sum of the squares of the other two sides. God told me about a thing called soap, which if we can make can prevent disease from spreading so much. No, Moses is comparatively benign. If you think of the general prophets from Jesus on, I mean, before Jesus and after Jesus, right through, they're supposedly hear from God, but he never tells them anything about science or the world that they didn't already know. I just had to get that in. But our subject is why did I why would Ayn Rand have said Russia's not gonna do well in fighting the Ukrainians? Because they don't do well at anything, because they hold a philosophy that prizes, worships failure and the retarded and denying your senses and seeking inspiration by turning within. So you have that kind of philosophy. You're set up for failure. Now add to that that one of the consequences of mysticism and religion is dictatorship. Aside from the countries influenced by the Enlightenment, religion has always been armed and deadly. You may not know about the Pope's slaughter of the Cathars in France uh, in the 13th cent uh, 1300s. But I think it was uh, 30,000 Cathars who were heretics. That was a sect that was not approved. Pope sent in the forces and they slaughtered them all. So it's not just the 30 years war. It's not just the 100 years war. It's not just the Crusades. It's not just the Inquisition. If the author of the whole moral code, the creator of you and the universe tells you that man is bad and you feel threatened, you're going to say that God told you to kill him. The only way that you can have peaceful relations among people is if they accept the existence of an objective reality and a logical means of knowing it. Then they don't have to feel threatened by the mistakes, as they see it, of their neighbor. They think, well, reality will teach him. If he keeps his eyes open, he'll see that the um, right 
most practical thing to do is X, not Y like he believes. <clears throat> now, you may be right and he may be wrong or the reverse, or you both may be. But if there's an acceptance of reason and reality, other people's errors, as you see them, are not threats. But if God has sent you here through mystical voices who you haven't heard, but you've read those sacred texts in which it is put forward, if mystical vo voices tell you this is the way things should be, you're not going to scruple to pick up a gun or an H-bomb to have your way, to have God's way. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say your way, that to make the world safe for God. So dictatorship is a natural consequence of the philosophy that's endemic in Russia. Dictatorship in a very practical day-to-day -day way requires lying. Particularly, you have to lie to the dictator. And we're hearing reports that the generals around Putin were afraid to tell him bad news about the impending struggle with Ukraine. They wanted to flatter him. They wanted to give him good news. So they told him, oh, yes, it'll be a snap. The Ukrainians want to join us anyway. That kind of reality-denying, flattering and feeding the vanity of the dictator is incompatible with military success. China is exhibiting the same behavior right now. The way they're reacting to COVID is apparently due, according to an op-ed I saw in the Wall Street Journal, to the fact that Xi's medical advisors are lying to him because they're afraid to tell him the truth. And he has to cling to this stupid policy of no one is ever going to get COVID, defying reality. Because the dictator is supposed to be infallible. He's like the Pope. The dictator is supposed to know what to do to achieve everybody's well-being. So to say, well, you know, maybe, maybe we should loosen up and accept a certain number of deaths. That would cause people to say, well, wait a minute. You know, like they're saying about Fauci, I don't even think it's warranted about Fauci. Well, first he says mask, and then he says doesn't no mask. Well, Fauci is a government official. And if you can imagine that multiplied by a thousand, if a government official who's responsible for a totalitarian state in which you live and directs every facet of it gets something like this so wrong, if he admits that, it calls into question his whole status as an authority. In a free society, when some group thinks, like, you know, the people think Bitcoin is great and you're th people think Bitcoin is terrible. 
that it's going to collapse or the other people think it's going to rise. And that's what makes markets, as they say. Somebody wants to sell, somebody wants to buy. They have different evaluations. That's perfectly acceptable. At most, you say about a private person, well, so-and-so's newsletter really doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm going to subscribe elsewhere. But you can't take that attitude about the dictator. He's like God on earth. And if he fails and has to reverse course, it leads to questioning. Does, we're entrusting our whole lives to this guy. We're giving him power, total power over us. He's supposed to know what to do. So I am looking for both Xi and Putin to be deposed and maybe executed. I don't think they'll execute Xi, but Putin may go. Because a dictatorship cannot tolerate error, cannot ever admit it's wrong. The wider subject comes from the objectivist philosophy. Ayn Rand had this idea of the benevolent universe. And this is the deepest point I want to make. The universe is auspicious to human success, if you will, but observe it. Use logic to infer conclusions about it. The mentality that creates a dictatorship, the mystical, dark uh, view of things, says no, reality is impossible. Life is hell. The universe is malevolent. Satan is everywhere. There's temptation. There's sin. Man is saddled with ugly animal urges. He cannot control them. He does not have free will. <clears throat> Under that malevolent universe premise, Dictatorships are powerful and we have to fear them. And the, a lot of our intellectuals in the West are mystical, anti-reason, malevolent dictator worshippers. You know, every university town in the country is leftist, much more leftist than the surrounding uh, areas. Why is that? Because the philosophy of the West has been imported from the East and the struggle has been German mystical philosophy, dictatorial collectivist philosophy against the older American can-do life is good I want to make money attitude. The universities are saturated with bad, malevolent philosophy, mystical, collectivist, statist. They admire dictators. The people, the American people, are not that way. 
but they cannot hold out long. And I was just talking at breakfast this morning with people who observed that the children he knew were converting their parents to leftist ideas. They, they would go to university, come back home, and the next thing you know, the parents are saying, well, we don't want to wipe the This was the example we gave. We're not cleaning the dishes before we put them in the dishwasher because we've got to be good stewards of the planet. And if you use the hot water, that's not being good stewards of the planet. We learned that from our daughter, who is at the University of Wisconsin. So the American people cannot hold out indefinitely. The, the American optimism, benevolence, ambitiousness cannot be sustained against that kind of it's beyond collectivism, environmentalist mud worshiping. That's what I call it. The save the planet means not save it for human beings, but save it for the sake of the rocks, the trees, and the mud. I guess you can see I'm kind of opposed to that. So the overall lesson is that Ayn Rand would have expected Maybe not ultimate failure in the sense that maybe the Ukraine will be subdued because they've gotten a lot of, Russia has gotten a lot of technology from the West. But she would expect a lot of failure on the part of Russia because her theory was, now give my words, right makes might. Right means using your mind to perceive reality, not letting your emotions dictate what you think, but using cold, clear reason to follow reality as you observe it, as you perceive it, and build up science and technology. And that requires freedom. There's a line in that list shrugged, free scientific inquiry, the first word is a redundancy. There's no such thing as unfree scientific inquiry. But China now and Russia think they can have state-controlled science. You cannot. You can parasitize Western science, science of more free countries, but you cannot have science under slavery. So let me uh, stop at this point to take questions uh, from the chat, if there are any. Yes, Daniel. we have a couple of super chats. Thank you, Brian, Michael, and Bonnie. And Michael has a question. Will Putin use nukes if he feels he's backed in the corner? I couldn't make that out. What Will say? Putin use nukes if he feels he's backed in the corner? That's a guess. I would say... Tactical nukes, probably. Tactical nukes are just like big conventional bombs. There's nothing to get metaphysically upset about. Goldwater wanted the generals in Vietnam to be able to use tactical nukes if they 
thought it was military, militarily advantageous. He got hell for that. That was the origin of that mushroom cloud political ad that everyone talks about. So I, I'm, in my understanding, tactical nukes are something like five times more powerful than the bombs already in use. He might do that. Will he unleash the Holocaust? No. Why do I say that? Well, he doesn't have the courage to do that, if you want to call that courage. And the people under him wouldn't do it. Remember, Russia has tasted freedom now. And even under communism, which was another form of totalitarianism, um, the generals at the end were given orders to invade the, Bal the Baltic states, Lithia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Did I say that right? Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And they refused to do it. And that was the end. So if, they, if Putin says, launch those missiles, they're not going to let him do that. And probably half of them wouldn't work anyway. Now, some of them would fall back down on Russia. And I think he knows that. And, you know, you, the Ukraine is nestled inside southern Russia. Well, I don't mean like totally, but it, it's not across an ocean or something. So the radioactive fallout is going to maybe blow his way. So that, uh, no, I don't think he do he should. But anyway, we can't cower. We can't cower at the possibility. Well, maybe he'll do that. There was a saying in the fifties: "Better red than dead." And the conservatives, to Ayn Rand's disgust, answered, "Better dead than red." Ayn Rand said the right answer is better see the Reds dead. So Putin is the voice of Russian mysticism and statism. He is not a um, some kind of special being who took over a regular country. He's a Russian Orthodox religious guy. It's very important to him. He's not just playing with religion. He is a devout Russian Orthodox uh, believer. So that whole philosophic base pushed him to where he is now. I think there are cracks in it because of the modern world that they cannot insulate themselves from. But that's what we have to fear. Even if we kill Putin, another Putin will immediately step in. That's what happened when they deposed um, Gorbachev. When they freed it up, I predicted, let me pat myself on the back, I said Russia will go to a religious dictatorship. The satellite countries 
will do pretty well. The Iron Curtain countries, East Germany, Poland, Hungary, Bulgaria, Romania, they're going to join the West. But Russia is too, just too much of a cesspool, as Ayn Rand called it, for anything other than dictatorship to arise. So I think um, this is an ongoing problem. This is not going away, even if Putin is executed. But we can beat it by intellectual means, by being confident once more and not cowering, that being morally confident we are right, mysticism is wrong. Unfortunately, the, the right wing doesn't believe that anymore. And that's why I no longer call myself on the right or on the left. Another question? Or? Those are all the questions. Good. Okay. We're a few minutes over, but I want to thank you for staying. If you did stay, tell those who left I'm not thanking them for leaving. And I'll see you next week to launch a new series here. We've got a, a very fascinating series that I'm starting where I take up each philosopher of importance in the history of philosophy and identify his central error. Now, there are a couple of philosophers who are essentially good, like Aristotle, John Locke. But most the ones I'm going to talk about are bad, and they are going to need taking out to the woodshed and refuting. And these refutations are, were developed by Ayn Rand, and they're not generally known. They're not available out there in the culture. So I'm hoping that it will attract an audience. And we're starting with David Hume on why you can't have a morality of reason, why reason cannot base, cannot ground a moral code. Ayn Rand thought that was dead wrong with the emphasis on dead. So we'll discuss not the positive yet, but the negative. Where, what, how can you refute David Hume's idea on ethics? Because I've got a good refutation. Hope to see you there. Same time next week. Goodbye.